Don't laugh. You knew that was coming. Let's pray. Let's <laughs> bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I, I got to tell you, this service has been so incredible. Nick, you're a testament. It touched me, man. I'm telling you right now, you were the trigger. You just ushered in God's presence here. I'm telling you right now. The entire theme of the service is God drawing close to each and every one of us. You haven't felt that I want you to know something. That God is here this morning and he wants to speak to you. He wants to free some of you. He wants to embrace you in a way that perhaps you've never felt before. Holy Spirit, once again, we invite you. And we pray, Spirit of the Most High God, come right now. Speak to our hearts and to our minds. Lord, pour your presence upon us. Like the song we sang on a dry and thirsty land, Lord, that our hearts would just absorb more of you, God. Lord, to those this morning who perhaps feel far from you, feel distant, do not feel good enough, I pray, God, that they would know that you are calling them by their name. You are calling them from their mess. You are calling them from their circumstances, something greater, Lord. For those here this morning perhaps feel dry, who have not felt that, 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 that joy of their salvation, I pray, Spirit of the Most High God, you would be here this morning and that you would just embrace them. Lord, for those who are broken, those who are hurting, I pray, Lord, you'd wrap your arms of love and compassion around them right now. And in community, Lord, that we together would be there for them. God, thank you that you've ordered the service already. Lord, I thank you that you are already doing your work, and I am just going to come alongside and reaffirm what you are already doing. And I pray, God, now that you would be released in this place. I pray against anything that would hinder or distract in Jesus' name, and I pray, God, you would captivate us once now. Once more now, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue on the series uh, called Fire Within. Um, this morning, it's called Fruits, Gifts, and Nuts, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I would encourage you to take notes. I get a lot of emails, people asking questions and all that, and it would be so much more helpful if you would just write down the scripture references you're looking for. Um, I'm kidding, of course. I'll email you back in a couple of weeks. Anyways, um, let's, let's, let's recap where we've been with this series to kind of talk a little bit about it. And just, just let me say thank you so much for the conversations and the emails. I know this series has pushed some people, and I'm glad of that because to be quite honest with you we as christ followers we as those who perhaps may not be christ followers we need to be pushed there's a scripture in ephesians that says wake up O sleeper and let the light of christ shine upon you and i believe that there are many who are sleeping and they need the light of the spirit to shine upon them to wake them up once again because we have fallen asleep in our faith and perhaps we didn't even know it um, I said this last week, uh, we talked about the uh, Holy Spirit in Jesus. I said that everything that Jesus accomplished in his three-year ministry, he accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit, not his divinity. That Jesus came as a man. Yes, he was the God-man. Okay? And so one person asked me, what does that mean? It means that Jesus, who is God, took his divinity and set it aside while he was on this planet to live as a man, to, to do what he did by the power of the Holy Spirit. We looked at this passage of scripture from Luke chapter 4. Remember, Jesus goes out into the desert, right? Remember, remember the kind of the chronology of this, the timeline is Jesus first gets baptized by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And then the Spirit takes Jesus from the baptism, leads him right into the desert. For 40 days he fasts. He has a showdown with the devil. And he comes out of the desert. And the Bible says that Jesus full returned to Galilee full of the power of the Spirit. 
And he goes to the synagogue and he reads uh, a scroll from Isaiah and he says this, that the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. And he, and he reads this passage and everyone, the Bible says, everyone's eyes are riveted upon this, 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 this man from Nazareth. And he says to him in that moment, and today the scripture is fulfilled in your presence. And he is proclaiming something that no other human being ever at that point in time has proclaimed. Remember we looked at this uh, past scripture as well too and Nick mentioned it in his testimony there. But from John, Jesus answered very truly telling no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the spirit. And what you need to understand here is some of you have been born of the water but not of the spirit. And this goes back to Acts chapter 19 and Acts chapter 8 and the very first week of the series that I believe that many of you have had an encounter with Jesus, but I don't believe you've had an encounter with the Spirit. And, and this series is really trying to um, push you towards understanding what that means fully. Whatever your background is, whether you're from a mainline church or from a charismatic church, I'm hoping that we can all embrace the Holy Spirit, re-look at the life of the Spirit once again in a way that I think um, that he wants to do. One of the things you need to understand about the Holy Spirit. Oh wait, did I just? Did I just? I press a button there. Ha. Huh. Okay. Thanks, Danny. Uh, Danny, my sound guy, saved me. Okay, let's move on from here to. Are we gonna? Are you all right there? Yeah, the UCC. We. You know, I care if stuff doesn't work. Okay, one of the things you need to understand about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is triggered by need. Nick was mentioning about his chaplaincy in the prison, and you should have a conversation with Nick to talk about that. But not only Nick, but others as well, too. I don't know if you've ever been at a church service where a missionary comes and tells you these incredible stories of what God is doing over in different parts of the world, and all you can think of is, why not here? Why not now? Why not on my campus? Why not on my workplace? Why not in, my, in, in, in the dorm where I live? Why not now? And one of the things you need to understand is the Holy Spirit is triggered by need. And I need you to understand this. I'm going to emphasize this again and again. One of the reasons why you perhaps don't see the Spirit of God working in your life. I love animation. Uh, one of the reasons why you don't see the Spirit of God working in your life is you are not surrounding yourself with need. You sit in your comfortable homes, in your comfortable lives, and you say, God, why aren't you working in my life? You're not doing anything. What's he going to do? In, in that comfortable place, on that comfortable couch, what is he going to do in your life? The answer is nothing. The Holy Spirit is triggered by need. And of course, the opposite to that, then, is comfort resists the Spirit. And because I like balance, we're going to emphasize that as well, too. The Holy Spirit is triggered by need, but you need to understand, the comfortable part of your life will resist what the Spirit wants to do. The reason why many of you will run from the Spirit is because He's going to call you out of your comfort to discomfort. And because we're North Americans, we like to be comfortable. We like our comfort. And, and please understand something. It's not that I'm saying that you have to be so weird and wild and crazy. But what I am saying to you, though, is the Holy Spirit will call you out of your comfort exist, comfortable existence to something more. And that while, while that may frighten you, while that may freak you out, in time, that will become the most exciting part of your life. And you'll realize something. That the life that you left behind you, that comfortable, dry existence that you call Christianity, was, which is not Christianity at all, will seem boring. When people say to me, 
Christianity or, or, or faith is boring. My first thought, my first impulse is to say to them, well, I just want you to know something. Whatever you're living, that really isn't Christianity. It's kind of what Paul says in 1 Timothy 3, 5. When we want to talk about the, what a spirit-filled life look like, looks like, well, let me talk, show you what a spirit-less faith looks like. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1, 3 to 5, having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. Paul is going through to Timothy and Timothy is his disciple. Paul is training Timothy how to be a pastor. And Paul says, you're going to encounter some people in the church and these people look like this. And he goes through a list, but the thing, way he ends off this list is by this statement here. He says, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. And again, please hear me very clearly when I say this. Our churches are full of people who have a form of godliness and deny the power of God. Because if you have the power of God living in your life, working in you, it's going to be transforming you. He's going to be changing you. And that change is uncomfortable. That change is, is not going to be pleasant. But that change is going to be for your betterment. For, your, for, for the best part of you. I love that video clip that we saw there from the Jesus movie. And a few people asked me about it. And they say, what's the, movie? what's the name of the movie? And I think it's just Jesus. I think I have a copy if you want to borrow it. But I, we're, we, we moved back in October. And I haven't unpacked our boxes yet. And I know I have it somewhere. And I haven't discovered it yet. I, I, I kid you not. I think I saw it at, a, at Zares in their video bin there for like $7 or something like that. If I see it again, I'm going to buy a couple of copies. You can, you can watch it. I, I, I love it. I think it's a great rendition. Of course, I don't know why people in Middle Eastern Palestine have English accents. I don't know why that's happening there. But... Uh, we can, we can overlook that. Before we jump into our topic this morning, I want to I go back and look at a story. It comes from uh, the book of Acts, Acts chapter, Acts chapter 8. We're going to look at a guy named Simon the Sorcerer. Because I think Simon's encounter with the Holy Spirit can be our encounter with the Holy Spirit as well too. Um, in Acts chapter 8 verses 9 and 10, we are introduced to Simon. Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. I wonder if Jesus felt this way. I wonder as Jesus was going out, and that video clip there was great because this is a crowd, right? The poor guy on the ground, he just wants to walk. He's never had an opportunity to walk since his birth. And there's the Messiah, the Christ, in front of him, and his opportunity is there. But the crowd is all around him, and they're gawking, they're looking, right? The woman says, this is the man that changed the water into wine. That's what Jesus was known as. Not the great teacher, not the rabbi. This is a guy that does great miracles, I wonder if Jesus felt a little bit like this. That people came and followed Jesus, not because of his teaching, but because of his power. Because of what he did in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and again, as I said to you uh, last week, miracles are not enough to create faith in us. Sometimes we think to ourselves, if God would just do an incredible miracle, then I'd believe him. No, you wouldn't. All you'll do then is go, I want something else. I want to say more. You'll crave the, the spectacle of the miracle and forget about the person who's doing the miracle. You forget about what the Spirit wants to do. So Simon is this person. And one of the things we need to understand about the Holy Spirit is sometimes we look at the Holy Spirit as power, as an amplification of the person, right? Simon the sorcerer is great. And people look at him as being this special person. And sometimes when we think of God and the power of God in our lives, we think the power of God is for us. 
If only God would do this in me. If only I could do this. If only God would accomplish that. And sometimes we don't realize is what we are saying is only if I can be elevated by what I do or what I say. Sometimes some of you will come to me and say, Oh, Pastor, I was talking to this person about God, and I wish you were there because I didn't have the words. And I felt like saying to them, Just so you know, I probably wouldn't have the answer, but if you tap into the Holy Spirit, you may not have the right answer, but you'll have the answer that they need. When Nick went to talk to that youth pastor, he had all these questions about what he, the real question is, and I think I, I can speak on this, I think the real question Nick wanted to ask this pastor is, can God love somebody like me? Screwed up, messed up, can God love somebody like me? And of course the answer is yes. Absolutely yes. Okay, we're not recording this, are we? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> absolutely God can love someone like you, like me. And that's what's important about what we need to understand what the Holy Spirit wants to do, is God can love us in our messes. Now, please hear me, though. He doesn't want to leave us in our messes. And that's the part we forget about. It's God loves us. He reaches down to us, but he calls us to something more. Now, let's go on to the story of Simon. But then when Philip, uh, but when then they, they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Remember, Simon was a sorcerer. He was a person that practiced, whether it's sleight of hand or whatever he did, he, he practiced power, but he sees Philip. But what you understand is about Philip. Philip didn't come around doing miracles. What was Philip's power? Proclaiming the gospel, the good news. That's what Philip's power was. It wasn't what he did. It was what he was saying to people. And what I think we need to understand here is the power of the Spirit is in transformation. See, sometimes we ask God to take us out of our circumstances. And God does not want to take us out of our circumstances. He wants to change us us that we will change our circumstances. Lord, we say, Lord, if you would only do this, if you only call me there, if I could only go somewhere cool, if I could only head somewhere overseas, somewhere cool, I will love you, then I will do it. And God's like, I want to transform you where you are right now. The power of God is not in the miracles that God does. And this is where charismatics, and those of you perhaps, again, I come from a Pentecostal background, we miss that. We think it's all about the spectacle. If God would only do this, these action, this manifestation. And what we forget is what God really wants to do is he wants to transform me. He wants to let his spirit creep into the dark places of my own heart and change me and break me and, and move me beyond myself. And that's really what the spirit wants to do. So when Philip comes along, he's, he's proclaiming the good news, the gospel. And Simon's head is swelling, like, how are you doing this? And Philip's like, you're concentrating on the wrong thing. Let's talk about the good news. Let's go on. So then we see in, in verses 18 and 19, look what happens here. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. You ever prayed for something and it didn't happen? You ever prayed for someone to be healed and nothing happened? And you think to yourself, Is it me or is it God? 
And most often, I would say that we, we say it to ourselves, right? We look and going, oh, I didn't have enough faith, or I'm sinful, or I'm dirty, I'm broken, so of course God's not going to hear me. And then all of a sudden, we create this spiritual insecurity. Or, perhaps in the back of our mind, there's this little voice going, you fool, there is no God. You're just praying to the ceiling anyways. And that doubt creeps in. You're like, hmm, maybe. Maybe, maybe I'm just praying to the ceiling, praying to the chandelier, the lights ahead. Like, maybe there is no God. Maybe there's nothing to listen to me. And the problem is this, is you are living an outcome-based faith. You're living a faith that says, I will serve God if he does what I say. But what you need to understand with the Holy Spirit, God decides, not us, never us, only God. That, yes, we are faithful. We do act in prayer. And, and please understand, UCC, we have, uh, we have a prayer ministry here. It may not be as, as upfront as, as people know, but uh, Joelle, uh, she's, our, uh, she's our director of prayer. And whenever I have a prayer request, people tell me a prayer request, I send it to her. Joelle sends it to our team. <clears throat> and we pray. But we don't pray and say, oh, no, no, God's going to do what you've asked. Instead, we pray faithfully. Because that's what the Bible tells us. And whatever God chooses to do, he will do. There's um, someone close to us who, um, who was, who, whose child was very ill. And um, the prayers that went up for this, this, little, this little child was incredible. But, but they weren't healed and they passed away. And of course, in moments like that, you say, why, God? Why? Why don't you hear our prayers? Why can't you do what we ask you to do? Because we have to understand, we must always understand, God's ways, his plan, is so much farther above and beyond ours. And, and please don't ask me to explain God's plan. I will never, I will never slip into the shoes of God. <laughs> I am way too unqualified for that. But there is a moment where we go, Lord, I trust you. I trust you in my disbelief. I trust you in my pain. I trust you in the, the way that I don't understand what's going on right now. I trust you. And that's relationship. That's where you go. Okay. And finally, I think the last thing we see with Simon in verse 20, 23, look at this. Look at what Philip says to him. May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Look what he says. May your money perish with you. Man, Simon must be freaking out at this point. Simon goes, oh, no, 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 please, please, go, go talk to God. Tell him not to kill me. I'd like that a lot, actually. If you could do that, that'd be great, right? But here's what I, here's what I want you to understand. We are straws, not batteries. I've used this before, and some people know about this. But here's how I want you to understand God working in your life. You are not a spiritual battery. You do not contain spiritual energy. Okay, so when you pray for something, it's not like you're calling upon the spiritual energy that you built up and like, you know, like you're the energizer bunny, you know, no, you're not. You could, you, some of you look, okay, anyways, this idea that, you know, you're a spiritual battery, that you're going to you're take your spiritual energy, you're going to pray for this thing, and it's going to happen. It's not biblical. What you are instead is a straw. And when God chooses to let his spirit flow through you into the world, it's his, it's up to him. It's his power. You are empty until God chooses to use you. You are a straw, not a battery. Now, the reason you need to understand all that, because we're going to talk about this topic this morning, gifts, um, gifts of the Spirit, gifts versus fruit. 
Okay, now I'm going to unpack a couple of things here. Because when we're talking about life in the Spirit, the Bible tells us there's this thing called the gifts of the Spirit and fruit of the Spirit. And so this is all talking about the Holy Spirit here. Now, what does that actually mean? Now, I've got to go quickly here because I'm running out of time. And, um, or we'll just go over time. You know, whatever. Um, e- either way, we'll have fun. Now, here's what you need to understand. The fruit of the Spirit is distinct from the gifts of the Spirit. So when people talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, please understand, these are two separate topics. I'm going to show you why in a second. They both serve separate functions in the life of a believer. Okay? One is not better than the other, but both work together. Now, the last line you need to really understand. All are inward and outward manifestations of love. What does the Bible say about God? God is love. His spirit is trying to create love within us who is Jesus. Now, love isn't gushy. You need to please understand that, okay? It's not about, oh, God's okay with my behavior. You need to understand, God's judgment flows out of his love. God's wrath flows out of his love. And for us, you're like, how is that possible? Right? How does that, what does that work, look like? Well, it looks like a parent, when they're trying to help their child uh, change their behavior, they'll use discipline. Now, not discipline like the next parent's discipline, but a hopefully godly discipline that will say, okay, listen, this behavior, this way of acting is not what I want from you. Instead, this is what I want from you. And because of you, 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 you disobeyed me, here is your punishment. I'm going to turn off the Wi-Fi. And the screen whole area, oh, no, not the Wi-Fi. Please take away the food. I'd rather have Wi-Fi. Right? Um, but the parent, if they're doing it in the way that God wants them to do it, is doing it in such a way so that, 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 people are, that the child will understand that discipline is a part of God's love. So you need to understand God's judgment and his wrath, these things we think are, are so apart from God. I heard one preacher talk about angry God. The angry God of the Old Testament. I'm like, really? That's how you look at God in the Old Testament? This guy who talks about forgiving the sins of generations upon generations? Like, I think you might be mistaken on that a little bit. So... Gifts and the fruit are, are, are kind of two, just two separate things. Now, here's another statement that's probably going to be a little controversial, and uh, this whole series has kind of been that anyways. There are no tests or categories of gifts and fruits. If you've taken a test to talk about your spiritual gifts, I just want you to know something. It's not biblical. There's no test. There's no test. You can't tell me you have the gift of this. You know why? You're a straw, not a battery. You don't have this gift in you, because if I ask if you have this gift in you, then do it right now. Show me this gift. See, what happens with the gifts test is what we've done is we've actually created an aptitude test. And the aptitude test says, what do you like to do? Serving, or if you're an introvert, you're like, oh, no, no, not serving. Well, you're an introvert, an extrovert. See, gifts test, we are so silly because the Holy Spirit doesn't work that way. He may choose to use you this way at this point in time, and differently in the future. And one of the ways I can kind of explain this to you in my own life, and um, I, I, I've mentioned this as an example before for those who perhaps know the story, but uh, several years ago, um, one of our friends, um, she was looking to make a decision in her life, and she had this really crazy dream. And I remember she's telling us this dream, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there, and please understand, I'm sitting there with like a Coca-Cola in my hand and, and like shorts. I'm like, I'm not, there's nothing spiritual what's going on here. Just friends hanging out. She's telling us this dream, and all of a sudden it's like, I knew what this dream meant. And so I said to her, just, just so you know, and I, and I, said, I phrased it this way because it's freaking me out a little bit too. I'm like, I think this is what your dream meant. And I went on and explained to her, and she's like, her face is like ready to explode. Now, 
please tell, please, okay, let me just say something as well. Don't tell me about your dreams, okay? I don't, I don't want to hear about the freaky deaky stuff that happens. I, I don't want to know. So I was riding this unicorn, and this fish came out of the rainbow and started talking to me, and yeah, don't, I don't, I don't do that, okay? Just be clear, be clear on that, right? That happened to me one time, and it's never happened to me ever again. Now, if I was going to take a gifts test, I would not have dream interpreter as a part of that. In that moment in time, God decided to use me that way. And I faithfully and fearfully said, okay, I think this is what God is trying to say. Never again have I done that. Never again has God dropped that in my heart ever again. So please understand, when you talk about the realm of the Spirit, please get rid of your preconceptions, misconceptions of what the Spirit's going to do in you. And just say, Holy Spirit, however you want to use me, wherever you want to use me, whenever you want to use me, I'm your huckleberry. And that means I'm, I'm your person. Okay, good. All right. Um, now, the other thing you need to ask about the Holy Spirit is that we talk about this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. All, and we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Ever-increasing glory simply means this, that every day, in some small or large way, you look more like Jesus. Remember I told you the Holy Spirit wants to make you into Christ. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you in spirit and action and deed into Jesus. And that's not one and done. It is every day of your life. Ever increasing glory into the image who, who, who is God. And as always, in fruit and gifts, the goal is Christ-likeness. Okay? So let's take a look at the passages. Of course, and I'm going to go um, quickly through this because you know these. Galatians 5, 22 to, uh, to 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is, and of course, I'm sure you've, you've heard a song or about this, you know, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Right? These are the fruit of the Spirit. But what you need to understand, it's one fruit with nine flavors. Okay? The one fruit is... The Jesus-y fruit. Okay, I don't know what it looks like, okay? But it's, it's the Jesus-y fruit. It's nine flavors of Christ. Okay? The, whole, the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit is all about Christ-likeness. Okay? The fruit of the Spirit are not just simply you get one, you want all of these. And, and, and sometimes in your life you'll be taught them or tested them or, 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 or you'll be given them more and more. Okay? The gifts of the Spirit are a bit different, though. Okay? Now, what you need to understand about the gifts of the Spirit is there's three passages of Scripture. Paul talks about this. The most famous one is 1 Corinthians 12, 1 and 8 to 10. But the gifts of the Spirit, what you need to understand is every time Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit, he talks about them in a different way. And he doesn't give you the, the same list. Now, what we take from that is this. is Paul is saying to us, the gifts of the Spirit are not the same. And there's no concise list of them. If you say, oh, these are the gifts of the Spirit, you need to understand, the Holy Spirit is way more creative than you and has way more uses. The Holy Spirit is like a, a Swiss Army knife that's got like a billion, you know, little function things and all that. You know, this little hooky thing, like, what the heck is that for, right? And, and this thing that's got like a little hole punch in it. I'm like, what is that for? I, you know, some of, these, some of these Swiss Army knives can be kind of confusing. Well, the Holy Spirit looks at you like a Swiss Army knife. You have the potential for what God wants to do in your life. So sometimes when you're talking to a friend and you're like, I don't know what to say, the Spirit may drop it into your heart. Sometimes when, when, you, when, you, when you live your life, you don't realize um, what God wants to do in you. Um, in, in, in the new year, we're going to have someone come speak to her at our church. Her name is Sharon Ninnebauer. She's the woman I told you about who started the uh, church in the strip club in Guelph, the manor, um, that ministry there. She's going to come talk to us about um, her, her testimony about what God is doing in, in that, that church, in that ministry. You've got to hear this. It's just incredible. But it's funny. So she's told us at the, uh, the church planners retreat. She lived her entire life avoiding the Holy Spirit. 
And then in her last church, she decided, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever the Holy Spirit does. If the Holy Spirit tells me to go to a restaurant or go talk to that person, or do, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it. Uh, uh, whether I look stupid or not, whether it's spirit or not, I'm just going to, I'm going to cultivate that level of obedience. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Because I know you've been there, right? You've been in that moment of time where you feel like, I should go talk to that person. I should, I should do something. You're like, nah, I know, I just, that's just me. That's the pizza I ate last night. That's a bad piece of sushi, you know, right? But the Spirit's like, yeah, come on, trust me a little bit here. Now, will it always be the Spirit? Probably not. Are you probably going to look stupid? Maybe. Is it going to work out the way you thought? No. But you're going to cultivate in your life in obedience. And there is that one time where it's, it's going to be the Spirit and it's going to change and transform a life. So there's the gifts of the Spirit, right? And then Paul says this as well in the verse 4 and 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone is the same God at work. Now, let me explain it this way, because I'm a visual person, as you can tell. I need to see things visually. Let me help you understand the gifts and the fruit in this way, okay? Gifts, the fruit of the Spirit, are all about internal change. The gifts of the Spirit are all about external working. So the fruit of the Spirit look like this, right? We, what the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit wants to do is God working in you. The fruit of the Spirit is Christ-likeness. God wrestling with the dark parts of your heart and just wrestling with your behavior, wrestling with your level of obedience even, and he's wrestling with you. The fruit of the Spirit are all about eternal change, internal change, which means the gifts of the Spirit... We're all about external working. So the fruit of the Spirit is working inside of you. The gifts of the Spirit are working outside of you. And that's why these are like the one-two punch. That's why you need to understand what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Is that the Spirit of God wants to change you on the inside, but not just change you on the inside. He wants to use you to the outside as well too. And whatever that is, please hear me clearly. I don't believe that anybody has the gift of healing or the gift of this or the gift of prophecy. I don't believe that. What I believe instead is that Christ, by his Holy Spirit in you, will use you in certain times, in certain ways, and it's up to him. Let me close. Galatians gives us a great image of this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so that you are not you're not to do whatever you want the spirit of god inside of you is working against you the old saying follow your heart it's not in the bible as a matter of fact when you follow your heart you probably end up in places you should not instead paul tells us follow the spirit that's probably gonna be a better thing for you let me close this morning. We have one more thing we want to do in a, in a moment here, but I just want to close, and I just want to help you understand something. When you give your life to Jesus, when you give your life to Christ, you are starting a journey that takes the rest of your life. And in Nick's particular circumstances, mine and, and, and others here, the testimony, the, the UCC spotlight that we do, and by the way, if you want to share your testimony, please talk to Jen or Marshall or myself. We would love to have everybody at some point in time share their story because we believe by sharing your testimony that that gives glory to God not, not to the people but to God and we as a community come together and we understand more and more about one another and, and, and hopefully as you're seeing your seeds you're like I can't believe what God did in their life maybe God can do that in mine maybe faith will arise within us to do that when we give our lives to the Holy Spirit when we, when we fully say to ourselves Lord change me. 
transform me. There's a struggle. You need to understand this is a struggle. It, it happens every day. I wish I could say to you that once you give your heart to the Lord, once you, give your, once you open yourself to the Spirit, it's going to be like, oh, easy from there on in. As a matter of fact, it probably becomes more difficult. Because you're using muscles you've never used before. You are being tested in ways you've never been tested before. But like an athlete, like somebody in training, you are going to become something greater than the sum of all your parts. Because the, the difference is the Spirit of God in you. And that's what the point is. That's the point with this series is, is to say to ourselves, what does it look like for a person to embrace the Holy Spirit and, and, and to do that in, 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 in different ways? I want to close this morning, and uh, I'm going to ask Melissa Martins to come on up here. Um, as, you, as many of you know, come on, Melissa. Um, Melissa is our missionary. Melissa is leaving to head back to Uganda in December. And... We at UCC, we are going to support her. We're not just going to support her financially. And we've got this great uh, campaign we're going to roll out in January about T-shirts, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. We're hoping that uh, UCC will be able to um, help pay for almost the education of all the boys at the school. Our little church plant is going to take the resources that God's given us to hopefully bless these, these, uh, these boys and, and girls as well, too. But Melissa leaves us, and so this is her last Sunday with us. She leaves next week, next Saturday, next Saturday head back to Uganda and of course we're jealous about the weather but uh, we also want to we want to bless Melissa and we want to pray God's protection on her so I'm going to ask um, if some of the pastors and the elders and, um, and some of the leaders want to come we're going to pray for Melissa right now you want to ask me what a life in the Holy Spirit looks like I would point you to Melissa Martins and Melissa would be like please don't do that uh, that's not me at all but what you need to understand about Melissa is it's not about her capability it's not about her it's not about what she brings to the table, it's about her willingness to be used by the Holy Spirit. And as long as I've known Melissa, and it's for several years now, I've seen a young woman say to Jesus, send me. Use me in whatever way you want. And just to let you know as well too that we as a church leadership are working on getting a, uh, a missions experience over there. So we want to take a group of you over there to see the sanctuary, to work there, maybe do some construction there. But to meet these boys face to face and uh, we're, we'll hopefully be having some more information about that in the, in the new year as well too. We want to send Melissa by the power of the Holy Spirit. Melissa will tell you, she'll be the first one to tell you, this journey has not been easy. And it's cost her way more than she ever imagined. But I'll tell you this as well. Melissa will tell you that she would not look back for one second. Following God is not easy. Please, please get out of your mind. When the Spirit calls you, it will cost you. It will cost you prestige amongst your peers, whatever that looks like. It will cost you financially. It will cost you everything. But the cost is so paltry compared to what God will do in you and through you and despite you. So just join me in prayer right now as we bless Melissa. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for Melissa, Lord God. Thank you for her heart and her spirit, God. Thank you for her, her obedience to you, God. Lord, we have seen in her a young woman that is willing to make a change and, and, and to sacrifice her entire life to see that change. Lord, we pray blessings upon the sanctuary in Jesus' name, Lord. We pray blessings upon the workers there. We pray blessings upon the boys and girls there, Lord. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would continue to do something amazing with this ministry, Lord. And God, we speak right now that you would continue to do even abundantly more than Melissa can hope or imagine, Lord. God, we pray for the sanctuary. We pray for Ginger Connection and Allison. Lord, the partner as well too we pray God that you would help use these two young women to make a difference in street kids in Jinja Uganda 
uh, I pray, God, that our church would rally around Melissa and financially and in prayer that we would send messages of encouragement to her, that Melissa would know that as she's back in Uganda, she would know that there's a church back in Kitchener-Waterloo that looks to her and, 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 and supports her and loves her, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, you would use UCC and the resources that we have, that we would be able to bless the sanctuary uh, and financially, Lord, to pay for these boys' education, Lord, and maybe even um, some, uh, a greater gift of, of, a, of, a, of a new home for them that would be theirs to own, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, for these things. Lord, I thank you that I serve a God that is infinite, infinite in what he can do and what he wants to do, and I, I pray into that even now. Holy Spirit, I pray that each person, as they hear this prayer this morning, would realize that the only thing that's special about Melissa is her willingness to say, send me. I pray that God, each person in this room this morning would realize something. That once we say, send me, God, that you will take us, you will do within us what we never thought could be possible. And Lord, maybe you do not send us overseas. Maybe you just send us to our next door neighbor, to uh, the person that we, we sit next to in our classroom, our workplace, whatever it is. God, transform us first and foremost before we can do anything else. Holy Spirit, rise up within each and every one of us. Change us, move us into what you want for us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us here at UCC this morning. If you want prayer or want to talk to myself or any of the leaders, I and Joelle and some of the prayer team will be up here to pray with you. Next week, we wrap up this series. And just to let you know, it's going to be a doozy. Um, you think this was kind of a pushing next week. I'm going to push you all out of your comfort zones in a way that's going to be spectacular. So please join us next week at one of our two services for that. Invite a friend and freak them out as well, too. Uh, thanks so much for coming. Have a great morning. And again, if you want prayer, we will be up here to, uh, as well. And, and Melissa will be in the, uh, in the foyer. You can talk to her, encourage her, slip her $1,500. She'd appreciate that as well, too. Thanks so much for coming to UCC. Have a great day.